Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. Hey, hey, I just wanted to pop on here real quick before the episode starts and give a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Now that that's out of the way, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy it because it helps the podcast grow. And don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. Welcome back, mamas. This is our final episode before the break, a much-needed break. So this is the end of season two of Mindful as a Mother podcast. Last week, we were able to talk to Shonda Morales, and hopefully you guys found some five-minute mindfulness breaks and has started incorporating that into your life. I think it's an incredible habit to start and create, but also habits are hard, right? (laughs) It's just me today, and and we have a special treat again. We are interviewing Lenora Edwards. She is a board-certified speech-language pathologist with more than 10 years treating kids and adolescents with speech language. And she's really going to dive deep into how we can implement strategies at home to increase confidence and help our kids be more successful in the future. So I definitely typed up a list of questions where I was like, I want to know all the things. I'm back from vacation. I'm feeling fresh. um, And I am ready to dive in with you guys. So one thing that I want to briefly touch on is last week, Lindsay shared again that we're trying Magic Mind, which is a supplement. Hopefully you've been following us so you know, because Lindsay and I both have ADHD. She's medicated and I am not. And so a lot of the times we get have a hard time focusing. So we decided to try Magic Mind. It's full of matcha, androgens, nootropics, and it's supposed to help you focus with a calm, not jittery, kind of like that coffee. That coffee jittery which I love coffee. So, you know, your girl's going to have a caffeinated beverage regardless. And just like the five minute mindfulness breaks, habits are hard to create. So my favorite thing so far about Magic Mind is not only have I been able to have calm focus and I don't have the afternoon crash, which was my number one complaint. If you ask Lindsay, every day at like two o'clock, I need a 20 minute snoozer, but it helps me prioritize the other aspects of self-care which I know self-care can kind of be a buzzword, but I knew that if I wasn't getting a full night's rest, taking Magic Mind wasn't going to do all the things that I needed it to do. And I wasn't going to enjoy the benefits of doing it and having that really focused work. And so I was able to make sure I was drinking enough water. I've been able to make sure I'm getting enough sleep just to make sure that I'm getting all of the benefits of Magic Mind. Though, aside from just being able to focus and not feeling jittery and really accomplishing a lot of stuff on my to-do list without the afternoon crash. I've also been prioritizing other areas of self-care that I know are really important for me. So if you're into it, you want to try it. We highly recommend it because we love it. Uh, But you can get yours at www.magicmind.co forward slash motherhood. And if you're going to get it, I recommend getting the subscription because it takes 10 to 15 days to really build in your system to see the maximum benefits so you know what your girl is talking about. 
but that would be 40% off your subscription for the next 10 days using the code motherhood20. So again, go to the link www.magicmind.co forward slash motherhood. And to get 40% off of your subscription for the next 10 days, use our code motherhood20, M-O-T-H-E-R-H-O-O-D-2-0. So let's dive in. We're going to meet Lenora Edwards. Hi, everybody. We are launching right into our podcast with Lenora Edwards. SLP, speech-language pathologist. First, I just want to extend my love to Lindsay and her gang. They've had a doozy of a week. I was out on vacation last week, so she soloed that interview, and this week her kiddos are sick. So if you're in our Facebook group or you can catch us on Instagram or TikTok, slide into her DMs and just let her know that you're wishing her and her family well and sending her love. This is, as I said in our first intro, the last episode of season two before we prep for season three. So here we are with Lenora Edwards, and I just want to dive right in. So tell us, who are you? Uh, well, thank you so much for that, Paige. And Lindsay, we do hope you're, you and your bro are feeling much, much better. My name is Lenora Edwards, and I am a board-certified speech-language pathologist with Better Speech. And Better Speech is this incredible online speech therapy company that was actually born out of necessity because we wanted to be able to provide affordable, convenient, and effective speech therapy services to people everywhere, which is exactly why we are online. And because we are online and we are licensed across the nation and internationally, we are able to provide speech therapy services right from the comfort of your own home. Yes, I love that. So we were talking a little bit before I press record because I happened to roll right into it. But I was uh, sharing with Lenora, or at least thinking that when I thought of better speech, it made me think of better help. So I was like, well, what, what is this company? Is it like a large overreaching thing? And actually in the therapist community, better help isn't one of the umbrellas that we prefer to practice under because somewhat unethical practices. So I did a little bit of digging and I, they're actually on YouTube and I watched some of their YouTube videos, um, but that's not the case at all. It's not a better help situation. It's a better speech situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell us about your position in Better Speech and specifically what you do. So within Better Speech, I am a speech language pathologist. And as I mentioned, we are all board certified by the American Speech Hearing and Language Association, and we're all licensed in our states. So for example, I live in the state of Pennsylvania, and I am also licensed in five other states, which allows me to practice and provide speech therapy services to people in other states, such as Colorado or Florida. So I love that about being a speech language pathologist and that we are able to be licensed in other states and practice in other states. And within the company, my position is the chief knowledge officer and I get to educate people and share this incredible knowledge with them and how we may be able to be of service for them in their life. Yes. Okay. So one reason I love this is when they were online before it was cool. So pre-panorama, pre <laughs> pre-pandemic, but so many people been working because I work half as a telehealth therapist providing services in Arizona. And then I do some in-person here in Idaho where I'm not because I'm licensed in Idaho and Arizona, which licensing is a whole thing. But <laughs> um, so one barrier that I often run into is people aren't familiar with receiving therapeutic services or clinical. I even have some occupational therapists that do stuff um, telephonically. And 
now speech language, right? So a lot of people doubt the effectiveness of the interventions or the service itself because it's over like a video platform on the internet, which isn't the case. Do you have any insight into that? That is an amazing point because I do completely understand when people were a bit more hesitant. So as I mentioned, we were, or excuse me, as Paige mentioned, you, as Paige just mentioned, better speech has been online since long before the pandemic. So with that, we are very comfortable using the online platform and people will ask me, is it just as good as being in person? And absolutely, if not better. Whereas in person, so for example, if I go to an outpatient clinic right now and I have a little one and I would like them evaluated, I may have to wait six months to just get them evaluated. Now that mm. little mind and body are not going to hit pause and they're going to keep growing. And if they're in the school and I ask early intervention or the school system, the school system might also need three plus months to simply evaluate, whereas we are available the very next day. And also what I love right now is that in the state of Pennsylvania, there are places that are still in masks. So it's a bit challenging to be able to offer quality speech therapy services when my half my face is covered, whether even if it's a clear mask or a cloth mask, my face is still covered. And the importance of that is we are commuting with our nonverbal communication all the time. 70% of our communication is nonverbal. So we're furrowing our brow. We're narrowing our eyes. What are we doing with our face? How else are we communicating with our expression other than the clarity of the words? So it's really important that you, when you're working with somebody, it's really important that you're able to have as much social connection and social interaction as possible. The fact that we are online, what I love so much is that we are there in your home. It's incredibly convenient. And parents, I'm, the parents are a part of the therapy session or the guardians are a part of the therapy sessions. And in, if I went to an outpatient clinic, the parent is having to be separated from that child. So as the clinician, I don't get to explain to the parent what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, mm-hmm. how to cue within the home. And if I was in the school system, same thing. I might not have the opportunity to talk to the parent and they don't get the opportunity to see the session. So in this case, the fact that we're online, we are right in your home. And then you can also show me what your environment looks like. And I can better explain how to incorporate language building or how to incorporate practices into your everyday life. And then I can also show you on our website, we have an incredible platform and we have a practice library. So I can even show you where the games are. I can show you how I'm playing these games, how the little one can play these games, how the family can get involved in these practices. And it's much more cohesive and it's much more whole family-based therapy. And I love that. I'm incredibly proud of that. Yeah. I also pros and cons when you're doing, you know, mental health counseling, (laughs) but a lot of the times when you're working with littles, it it really is a family affair. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to back up just a tiny bit because I'm super excited about this, but for our listeners and our audience that's out there now, what is um, speech language pathology? And what is included in those services? That's a great question. So in the field of speech speech and language, I usually tell people we work from the neck and up. So I can see people in, in the areas that I'm trained in, including swallowing difficulties. I've worked, I, I have a very personal experience of working in the NICU and in the pediatric intensive care units, working with little ones who have had 
traumatic brain injuries or who were, who were born early and were having feeding difficulties. So we start at the very beginning and I can see people from an outpatient standpoint in, excuse me, not an outpatient standpoint. I can see people for their speech and language development. Now that means their ability to understand language is a receptive ability. Everything that I'm saying and that you're able to understand is the understanding of our language, your understanding to be able to sort through commands and what I'm asking for, and you're able to process this information. Everything that I'm saying that's literally coming out of my mouth is the verbal expression of language. So there's two parts. There's the receptive and the expressive. Then there's also the intelligibility, the articulation of our speech, how clear are our sounds. So I work with little ones on that as well. I also work with people on their voice or their memory, especially following COVID fog. And, and you know, a lot of people are having memory difficulties post-COVID. So mm-hmm. I work with them on memory strategies and problem solving. So it's very whole. It's not just speech as in there's nothing wrong with my speech. I speak fine. It's the fluency of your speech. It's the voice that you're using, that you're carrying to communicate with people. It is also the cognitive component, that problem solving, that organization, that reasoning, that sequencing, that ability to transition from one task to another. So I, as a speech language pathologist, we also are able to work in the skilled nursing facilities. And we Mm -hmm. work with people who are in geriatric age or who are experiencing neurocognitive difficulties such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or swallowing difficulties. So our field is very, very, very big. So there's a lot that we can cover. Yes. So really the neck up, even as far as cognitive, I had no idea that you work with those cognitive difficulties also Mm -hmm. with just reasoning and problem solving and memory and COVID brain fog. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've heard a ton about COVID brain fog, (laughs) Parkinson's, uh, neuromuscular dystrophy. We work with uh, everything quite literally the neck and up. <laughs> it's really a nice co- cohesive way to, to bring it together. Um, and so for the people that are listening, use what states are you available in? We are available nationwide. So we are available in all the states. And then we are also are international and we are able to provide therapy services over in different parts of Europe and other parts of the the world. So it's really incredible what this company has created and has built up. And it's a very, very strong foundation. And we're very proud of that. Yes. Um, So, I mean, there's accessibility as far as it being an online service. Do you guys accept insurance or is it self-pay or? Accessibility is a great question. We actually provide what we refer to in our field as a super bill. So We will provide you with the notes. We will provide you with the diagnosis codes and the treatment codes that we have on our end. So every person has the ability to go to their insurance company and ensure their services are covered. And that is absolutely outstanding because that's so important these days. Yeah, that's good with accessibility for sure. And we work so hard to make sure that we're affordable and convenient. So with affordability, if you wanted to, let's say you had a six-year-old and you wanted to see how their articulation was, you weren't quite sure, you can contact us at betterspeech.com. We offer a free 15-minute consultation so you can actually work and speak with a speech-language pathologist immediately. Mm -hmm. You'll set up an appointment to work with somebody who's licensed in your state, and then you can sign in and have them assessed and, and provided with a session immediately, which is fantastic. 
And yeah. when you do that, you can either pay by session and that's only 80 per session, or you can pay by the month and it's only 260 per, per the month. And that is incredibly convenient. And especially if you get in the car, you drive an hour and then you have a copay when you get to an outpatient clinic. That's, it really is so profoundly effective and efficient. And I absolutely love that because it really does make a huge deal. Not only are we able to save time using technology in a positive way, we're also able to help people save money. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so for those that aren't familiar with the terms, essentially a super bill would mean that you pay out of pocket for services and then they give you a, a receipt more or less that you provide to your insurance to get reimbursed. Um, and the level of reimbursement will depend on your insurance and like what services are covered. But a lot of the times, so like self-pay is kind of what you were talking about mm -hmm. with 80 per session or 260 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and is that weekly sessions? It would be weekly sessions per month. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so for our audience that isn't familiar with speech and language services, this is something that is definitely a wraparound services in a lot of what we do as clinical mental health counselors or clinical social workers, um, because it takes a team oftentimes to help address specific concerns. Um, I run into this a lot when I'm working with autistic children or children with early life trauma, um, like in the foster care system or um, in adoption. And so I wanted to take special time to talk about accessibility because, and Lindsay can get me on the back end for this, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she'll agree <laughs> that accessibility for these services um, is really important to us as clinicians. And so to be able to support a company that also makes it ex accessible and that we could partner with individually knowing like Lindsay is licensed in Utah, I'm in Idaho and, and Arizona. So being able to refer out like, hey, let's get a team of people on this to make sure that you and your kiddos are getting the most and best support possible. Absolutely. Getting this, getting the support in place and building that tribe is so absolutely important to everybody's emotional and mental well-being, which will ultimately help people rise and meet their goals in a more effective way. You're not in this alone. There are people who are ready, willing, and fully capable to offer help. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that. Just know that guys, that it's accessible. Um, and so from that, I want to know the people that aren't already familiar with speech and language services, what are things to look out for in our own kids? Um, and what's the benefit of understanding these skills for our kids? That's a great point. So things to look out for, for little ones to see if they might need some speech and speech therapy. Your red flags would be when your babies aren't babbling early on, ah, ah, ee, ee, when they're not having that vocal play or when they're not really focused in on your face and drawn to your attention. You know, with the, with the research these days, we know that as early as four months, babies are looking at your eyes. And then by eight to 10 months, they're looking at your mouth. And then when they are closer to one year, they're going back to your eyes. Babies are processing information all the time. And the more you can talk to your kids as often as possible and show your face when you're talking to them, that is to their utmost benefit because you're giving them so much information, so much knowledge. So it's not that your six month will understand what red shoes are, but you are offering <laughs> them that information as you're talking to them and as you're narrating for their entire life. When your little one is sitting there playing, keep talking about what they're doing. So if you, let's say the little one is playing with a car and they're hiding the car, 
talk about, oh, we're going to hide the car. We're going to put it under the cushion. We're going to put it on the table. We're going to put it behind the couch. As you're doing that, even if they're playing by themselves, what you're doing is you're narrating their play and you're offering them language and information of what they're doing. So that's super, super important. You want to make sure that they start to bring those sounds into approximations of words. So instead of they might not come out with bottle right away, but if they're going with baba, that's a great attempt. Or ba, that's the initial attempt. You have a consonant and a vowel there. Baba is a consonant vowel, consonant vowel. They're building on that initial attempt of ba. And as they're talking, what you want to look out for is to make sure that they're expanding on what they've learned. Mm. If other people aren't able to understand them, that's usually, if you find that you're translating for your child a lot, that's a big red flag. And we want to be able to be in there early on. So if you do have any questions and if you're just not sure, I love, love technology, ask questions, go to Google, type in questions, reach out to us at betterspeech.com. If you're not sure, always ask questions because the more questions you ask, you're going to be able to start searching and finding information. And the more information you have, the better off you will be. So that is a really, really excellent question. And then the other question you had asked me was how to initiate speech therapy services? No, just the benefit of understanding what the skills are and what to look for. Thank you. The benefits of understanding the skills and what to look for. Your child, especially when we have little ones, you're narrating their entire life. They come in knowing nothing. You are there to offer as much information and as much guidance and as much imp- and as much language as possible. You are shaping their entire world, which is why it's so important to talk to them, to explain mm-hmm. what you're doing. When you pick them up out of the p- crib, tell them we're going up out of the crib, explain what you're doing. And I'm not saying that they're understanding you completely. What I am saying is they are understanding you on a level that is so important that you need to do it early and often. Explain, Mm -hmm. oh, we're changing your diaper or we're gonna eat good nutrition. You're shaping their entire world, which is why talking to your children is so absolutely vital to their well-being. Um, And as as they grow, like let's say eight or nine, they can narrate their own experience, hopefully in top three Mm -hmm. days. How could utilizing speech and language skills at home, or even what skills to utilize Mm -hmm. at home, how can that help them increase their confidence to be more successful in the future? When they're eight and nine years old, especially having social interactions early on, not just with parents or guardians, who else are they interacting with? Are they going to swim classes? Are they going to the playground? Are they having that social connection? Mm -hmm. Things you want to make sure of is, are they able to keep eye contact? Are they able to stand and hold a appropriate greeting? Hi, how are you? I'm in sixth grade or I'm, I'm six years old. I'm eight years old. And being able to answer those questions. A big one, especially red flags for, for tweens and teenagers. Can they tell you a story? Can they tell you what they did over the weekend? Other than, you know, yeah, it's okay. These filler words, we're really seeing a lot of filler words. People aren't able to express a lot of content. What happened in your favorite movie? Oh yeah, it was funny. That's Mm -hmm. not explaining the movie to me. That's not giving me a whole lot of sequence. I want to know, 
Do they have a beginning? Do they have a middle? Do they have an end? And what does that storyline look like? Is there a lot of detail or is there a lot of filler words? Our goal is to be able to communicate effectively. So when we communicate effectively, we are clear storytellers. We are able to tell you in an appropriate sequence how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're able to tell Mm -hmm. you the characters of our favorite TV show. We're able to express the things that we like and enjoy effectively and clearly to others. And that's really important to be able to engage socially with other people, but also to comprehend the information, comprehend the story that I read, and then be able to effectively explain it to somebody else. Okay. So if let's say my seven-year-old at home is having a hard time with sequencing, like giving me a beginning, middle, end of a story, Mm -hmm. would that be like, hey, I'm going to reach out to Better Speech and see maybe like if they, at least an evaluation. I always tell people more information is better. So even if an evaluation or assessment, if you can swing getting one, right, because accessibility, Mm -hmm. um, no matter how it comes back, it's valuable because it just provides information for us. Absolutely. I could not agree more with that. It's so important to, if you, if things don't seem, if your instincts are starting to say, Hmm, that's a red flag. It probably is a red flag. Reach out to a professional, trust your instincts of being a parent and a guardian. Also, if you're seeing other kids and they're doing things that your kid can't do or, or however the circumstance is adding up, Mm -hmm. watch what others are doing. We, even if they're, you're watching a teenager on TV and it, as a character, playing a character, and you're looking at your teenager and you're thinking, or your tween and thinking something is amiss here, it's probably because it is. They should be able to have certain skills. So absolutely, if you have questions, reach out to us at betterspeech.com. We will talk to you and we will offer you as much guidance as we possibly can because it is so important to be able to communicate effectively in this world. Yeah. I love that. So I know there's not a lot of research about this out yet, but let's examine like maybe second or third grade. So they're kinder first, they were masked, right? We're masked if we're going to school. Um, And now I'm starting to hear from a lot of people, of parents with kids in that age group, that their kids are experiencing a lot of difficulty reading. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's in connection with some of those nonverbals where we haven't been able to? It definitely can be. I haven't seen the research for that very specifically, but when it comes to reading, anytime that you can get your little ones to understand labeling things around the house is a great way to start, or any phonics program is a great way to start to help with reading, but also sitting down and reading a book, not a book on your phone, reading a book. This is a 3D experience because technology is fantastic, but also we cannot forget the other things that do exist in this three-dimensional world that we can hold and we can track with our finger and we can show them and sit with them and get them to practice reading because it really is early, early skills. Their brains are developing in that early stage. And it's Uh important to offer that information, even at second and third grade, that brain is still growing. Absolutely. Start looking at it and make it as fun as possible. If you can make it fun. And if, if you are not sure, ask your child, what else fun could we do? How can we make this even better? When you make it fun, you're creating a really great connection, a really great bond 
with what you're doing and who you're doing it with, but you're also creating neuroplasticity in the brain. And it's going Mm -hmm. to allow you to effectively change and make those connections even stronger. It's so important to make things fun, to make learning fun as much as possible, especially reading. Yeah. Um, What are some COVID related like speech and language things that you're seeing or you're, you're treating due to some of that, like as a result of the pandemic? That's a great question. Some of the things that we're seeing is limited facial expression because the face was covered for a period of time, especially during a very important time, if they were in daycare and then these, these adults had to wear a mask, they were limiting the visual input of this information. So it's really important to go back and to really have this face-to-face interaction. When you're telling a story, have your child look at you. When you're asking them to do something, have them look at you, hold the book by your face if you're doing story time or hold the card by your face if you're doing flashcards. Have them engage in your face and really understand there's a whole mountain of of (laughs) communication going on here. And it needs to be at the forefront because we constantly make these micro expressions and we need to be able to understand what they mean when we see them on other people's faces, not just mom and dad or not just parent and guardian. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like there are some barriers with facial expression, but understanding those micro expressions in general Mm -hmm. communication, which like my brain goes as a a clinical therapist think of like, oh, this is definitely going to impact social skills Mm -hmm. and social emotional development and our ability to interpret cues from our peers even or from our teachers or, and to think that, you know, for two years we had very limited micro expressions, if Mm -hmm. not even just engaging. Um, Completely. So I want to know for our audience, whether they um, see red flags or not, if you could pull out one specific skill and kind of make it generalized for age group, that this is challenging. It's challenging. (laughs) Um, But generalize it in a way where they could use it and start using it, you know, ASAP at home, that would be beneficial in a speech and language capacity. What would be one thing that you would suggest? The one thing that I would say to address is, especially for your little ones, three and under, four and under, look them in the eye when you're talking to them. Don't turn away. Don't try to try as much as you can to engage your face and to have this face-to-face interaction and to engage their eye contact. Eye contact is something that really is diminishing because of our smartphones, which is Mm -hmm. an unfortunate side effect because there is a beauty to technology, but we need to be able to look people in the eye and hold a conversation. And we also need to be able to effectively express ourselves. So as often as possible, the blankets that I love to say are, Keep talking to your children and talk with them face-to-face. Let them see your expression and also let them see what your mouth is doing. Make faces in the mirror, play in the mirror. That way they're understanding, oh, look at you doing that. Oh, look what I can do. And you're making, you're making this incredible bond, but you're also drawing their awareness to the importance of communication. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Um, I know that we can reach maybe you and maybe somebody else at Uh betterspeech.com, but where else can we find you? Absolutely. So we are all on social media platforms. We're on Facebook with Better Speech. And then we are also on YouTube at Better Speech. You You can subscribe. If you have questions, feel free to leave them on our Facebook page or you can email us directly 
or in the comments on YouTube. So we are on Instagram and we're starting a TikTok also. So that's yeah, really exciting. Welcome. So, <laughs> so any in any way, shape, or form, if you have questions, reach out to us at betterspeech.com or on any better speech platform, and we will do our very best to serve you. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paige. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, Creating Community and Smashing Parental Stigma, Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.